You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Welcome back to Devoted. Hey, I'm excited to talk to you guys about something that I think we all need a little more of and not less of in our life. That is for sure. And that is prayer. Boy, don't we all need prayer? We need it. We need it right now when things are crazy, but we need it during all of the good seasons too. And scripture says great things on both sides of that. I don't know if I'm being a prayer nerd here or if that's even a thing. That kind of sounds like it's out of place. So I, I don't mean it in a negative way, but I just love prayer. And from an academic level, we can say that prayer is an essential discipline of the Christian faith. But painting it as only a discipline, I think, is such a disservice to the gift that prayer really is. You know, when we describe prayer to somebody or maybe to a new believer or maybe to a kiddo, what do you say? What do you say prayer is? And, you know, there's the cute books that are talking to God and those kinds of things. And I think in some ways we trivialize it a little bit. But if you're really to describe what it is that we're doing when we pray, what what do we say there? And I know there's some great theological answers on prayer, and I've studied some of those, and I'm going to give you also some scriptures in that regard as well in a little bit. But the first thing, I guess, that strikes me about prayer is that we get to do it. I mean, do you just ever stop and consider just that, that what it is that you are doing when I do, when I pray, we're, we're talking to the very one that knows all things, created everything, created you, created everything that you see. And, you know, as much as we worry and we wring our hands about things or we talk to people in order to try to, you know, vent the feelings that we're feeling and all those kinds of things, if you think about it, the only one that can actually change anything about our circumstances is the Lord, the one that knows all things, that knows exactly how all of those things that those things should play out. And yet that sometimes either the last place that we go, or perhaps if we go there and we are praying and bringing our worries and our cares before the Lord, we don't often leave them there. I think I've had I've had that problem too. Sometimes, you know, praying about something and then quite quickly picking it back up and then carrying that worry right along with us. But I guess I just have to stop first of all and think about prayer from the aspect of that it is such a get-to that we are getting to talk to the one that knows all things that created us. And I think we can all get probably kind of geeked out if you're thinking about talking to somebody famous or somebody that is of great notoriety. But then if you think about it, we get so familiar with prayer that we kind of don't stop and think about who we're talking to. So that just kind of stops me right there in my tracks. And I think it's good to slow down sometimes and think about some of these things that we almost can take for granted in our Christian walk of that we get to pray. This is huge. This is huge. So like I said, I I love I just love prayer. And being a typical type A person, I suppose, I tend to want to know how to pray well. So now pause right there because I'm not talking about making sure you say exactly the right words or speak in flowery poetic language. Nope. But what we're talking about, we need to stop and realize that we're talking to the God the savior of our souls. So an appropriate posture to that end, I think, is probably a good thing. I remember the first time, and of course not the first time being, 
told to pray and all of that. But I remember visiting a church that wasn't my home church. And I remember sitting in a Sunday school class with a friend. And the lesson that day was on prayer. And I I don't know, I was probably 12 or 13. And it has stuck with me so much. I don't know if you have those childhood memories that, for whatever reason— I couldn't tell you who the teacher was. I couldn't tell you if it was a guy or a gal or what they looked like or anything. But the content of what they shared that day just really left a mark on me. And that day he was talking, I'm saying as a he, maybe it was, I really don't remember. But that way they were talking about prayer and a model for prayer. And they gave the ACTS model. Have you heard of this one? A-C-T-S. And it's just, you know, an acronym to sort of remember perhaps a little bit even an order of which we can pray. And again, this is a guideline. So I don't I don't think we should get tripped up on human models, but they can sometimes be helpful. And the ACTS model, it stands for the A is adoration, then confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. And it's just a, I feel like if you think about how and what you're praying about, probably those things need to be all in there somewhere. I love in that one that it highlights the first thing being adoration and praise of the Lord. That can be a real quick one to skip over, but so necessary. And and like I was saying, this is a human model, so we have to keep it in perspective there. Really, the only model that we should hold to the ultimate standard would be that of Jesus and studying the Lord's Prayer. And I want to read the Lord's Prayer and just pull a couple things that I think it outlines for us about prayer that I think is so neat. But I'm going to read the one in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and it says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Period. That's it. I think the first thing that pops out at me about the Lord's Prayer, this outline for how we should pray. And he says it. Jesus says, pray then like this. He's saying, this is this is a prescriptive here, guys. This is what you should do. But I don't know, guys, did that take us 30 seconds to read? It's like two sentences, two, three sentences. And for some reason, I think sometimes we put prayer in that category that if we're really going to pray, we got to we gotta really pray, guys. Like, we got to do this for hours, and prayers need to be long and lengthy and have all the right theological elements in it and all that kind of stuff. And I think one of the things that I just take away from that right off the bat is how short the Lord's Prayer is, just the brevity of it. And is there some instruction in there for us, just even in that length of, guys, our prayers don't have to be something where we can mark out an hour and making sure we're in the perfect environment and we can just be completely focused in a prayer. I think that kind of prayer is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But look at the brevity here. Look at this. He's praying, pray like this, and it is two to three sentences. It's brief. So I think if anything, it, it gives us an allowance here to be praying, even if it's short. That's cool. But to be praying like that. But then he kind of points out in these things, what it should be. And I, in some of this, you can see that same Acts model in here. You see the praise and adoration of who God is in that first line, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Remarking, noticing, stopping right off the bat and noticing the holiness of God. God is holy and perfect. And boy, that's something I just, I personally have been wanting to do just further study on the holiness of God. And hopefully we'll get to that in 
an episode or maybe a devoted live sometime, but just meditating on that and on the holiness of God is an amazing thing. And I don't think there has to be a whole lot of words to that, too. I mean, look how short that is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But remarking, stopping and going, wow, okay, the Lord is holy. I am not. The Lord is holy. And that's kind of where our prayer starts is from that posture of noting that. So I love that. The next part in there, too, is that you see the submission to the Lord's will and not our own. This is a big one, right, for us when we're praying, because we often want to pray for the thing that we think that we need. And again, that's why prayer is so awesome, because we're getting to talk to the one that actually knows what it is that we need and his plans for us and the things that he orchestrates for us. That is the way we want to go. We want to walk within his will. We want to pray that your will be done and not mine. I know we have examples of this, and I'm going to touch on just a short example, and another time I'm going to go into this a little bit further, but have you ever been in that spot where you have prayed and prayed and prayed for something, and you really felt like you were walking in the Lord's will, and then it took a sharp right turn? And sometimes we just don't see the fruit, I guess, of that prayer and that answer of it being very different than what we thought for months or even years sometimes after that no, when you thought you were doing exactly what the Lord wanted. But I think, again, that helps us to have that constant posture of being submitted to what the Lord's will is, because you could be praying about something on a Monday and feel like you know the direction, and the Lord might really take you in a completely different direction. And so just constantly when you're praying and posturing yourself in that way of like, Lord, is this my will or is this your will? And I always pray for, and there's some scriptures about the Lord's perfect will versus his submissive will, where we want to live, we want to live in that perfect will of God. So I love that even in this brief little prayer, we mark the holiness of God. We mark that we want to be submitted to the Lord's will and not our own. And then there's two other elements here, right? There's the confession, like confessing of our sins. And we're told to do that, that we should be confessing our sins. And in other scriptures, it even says confessing our sins one to another. And then finally, it talks about just praying for our daily needs. But you do notice that our daily needs thing is it all is all so short. And I think that's what I feel like I fall into a temptation of is making my prayer perhaps about the praise of God and the things that I'm thankful for. Perhaps those things are shorter than the things that I think I need. And I think it's important to keep some of those perspectives in mind that he does want us to ask about those things, but to keep the order in mind of praising God for who he is and being thankful for the things that he's done. But I love in the Lord's Prayer just that brief reminder This is how you should do it. And you know what? He doesn't overcomplicate it, does he? I mean, Jesus gives us these few little verses that tell us how to pray. And then what do we do as humans, right? We then go and make it all kinds of complicated. And we try to, especially if you ever found like if you're praying in front of people, oh man, then it gets all nerve wracking. Like we think everyone's judging our prayer. Well, probably not. That's all in our own mind typically. But even if they were, we have to go back to that first reminder of remembering who we're praying to. 
we're not praying so all the other people in the room know what our relationship with the Lord is like or whatever. We really need to remember that even in those moments of praying audibly in front of other people, that we're still we're still praying to the same God that we pray to when we're in our closet and no one's around. And I think that sincerity is, again, the Lord's knowing where your heart is at. And I think that's really important to remember. I used to struggle with praying in front of people. And I, I don't know, I it's weird. We get all kind of self-conscious about things. And, you know, it's changed over time. I love to pray. I don't really care when and where we pray now. But partly, I think it's it's such a great reminder for me in the midst of feeling like I think I know what I'm doing. Instantly, as soon as you pray, you're back into that posture of being in that submitted role of, Lord, what is it that you want us to do in whatever the situation is? And that's just the place we want to be. But when should we pray? Scripture has some great reminders about this, right? In Ephesians 6.18, it says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then, of course, the famous and almost, and again, look how short this verse, everyone can memorize this one, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. I mean, what does that even look like? I think the thing that I love about that verse is the reminder that you don't have to be, like we were saying before, in the perfect environment, making sure you've set everything aside and everything's super quiet and you get to pray. You can pray in your car. You can pray every moment of your day. And the Lord hears that. You know, those scriptures that say the Lord is near. That's what I think of when I think of verses like, pray without ceasing. He is near. And how, what a great reminder of ways that we draw near to the Lord is when we're praying. James 5.13 says to, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Boy, that's a good one for us, right? Because sometimes, like I said, there was, sometimes we fall in two different camps. There's the folks that only come to the Lord when things are really, really bad, and then they don't pray or they don't praise Him when things are going well. But all of these scriptures are reminding us to pray all the time. And whether it's because we're in a spot where we really are seeking the Lord about a decision or what we should be doing about something, or just praising the Lord that we got up this morning and we get to have a day that He's given us. That is something to praise the Lord for. If you have got nothing else, you still have that. If you woke up this morning, the Lord has something for you to do today. And I I think that's just always a good reminder. There's a couple of verses I want to look at a little bit, and these are in the Amplified. And I don't, if you've ever read the Amplified, it's difficult to read. It can feel cumbersome to read. So bear with me as you're listening to these, because I know that they can be harder to listen. But I I hope we'll pause because I, I like the explanation it gives us. And these are just some great reminders about prayer. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, in the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit Himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with His will. Okay, did I totally lose you on such a long verse, but there's so much there, right? This is bringing up the point of, what if we don't really know what to pray about? What if we're kind of in a spot, we know we need the Lord, but we don't even, we don't have a foggiest idea of where to look for the answer on this. And He's reminding us here 
that the Spirit intercedes in that way, in things that we don't when we don't even know how it is that we should be praying that the that the Spirit intercedes for us, and I think that is such a comfort. I'm gonna read you one more cumbersome one, but again, it's just so good. So go look this one up, and maybe if the Amplified is just losing you, you can look it up in the version that you prefer. But First John five fourteen and fifteen, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of the Amplified puts in that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will meaning agreement with his own plan, that he listens to us and he hears us. And if, since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions, that's the part they add, the requests made of him. I mean, that very first line, and this is the confidence, the assurance. Do you look at prayer as a, boy, I hope, this is how this works, or maybe if I pray this quite right, then that will be there? Or do you look at prayer with what it's saying here to have this confidence? And so that gives me the question, okay, then how do I have that level of confidence when I pray? And so this is a something that I learned years ago, and I've heard lots of Christians talk about it, but it's just really become a part of my walk. And I love doing this, and that is praying Scripture. Psalm 12, 6 says, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver refined in a furnace of clay, purified seven times. So, boy, do I feel like my words are flawless? Um, No. Do I feel like I always have the even the right thing to pray for? You know, sometimes the thing you think that you're praying for, I think sometimes later the Lord reveals to you, that isn't what you wanted at all. So this reminder of the flawless, the perfection of the words of the Lord, and I think it's a really cool practice to pray scripture. So I'm not saying that like every word of a prayer that you pray, you need to be quoting the King James. That's not what I'm saying. But praying scripture is a powerful tool, and there's a couple things that I think that it does. One, it's a safeguard against asking things amiss, like James 4.3 warns about when it says that you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. If we're praying scripture, it's pretty tough to ask for the wrong thing. I mean, I suppose somebody could try to find a verse and just take something wildly out of context. But typically, if you're praying with the desire of aligning your will to the Lord's and you're praying the words of scripture, that's going to be a sweet recipe to really aligning yourself with what the Lord has. And the other one that just praying scripture does that I love, it's it's just another way to meditate and commit scripture to memory. I just don't have the most awesome memory, and I swear the older I get, it's just, it's getting worse. And scripture memory is hard, but I do find that if there's verses that over and over I'm praying for a family member or something, I remember those ones. Now, I'm not so good at remembering the reference so much. I've learned that this hasn't really helped me in that regard. But, you know, I often have prayed for my husband that the Lord will bless the work of his hands. And that's a verse right there. I love that. And can I tell you, I have seen the Lord bless the work of his hands time and time again. The thing that is so cool when you pray those prayers and then you see how the Lord does that, and sometimes I've seen the Lord do that in, you know, in his life, in his job, or in different things that have been amazing, things that you're like, no way was that, would that have happened? And I just feel that it's it's an absolute answer to prayer and a prayer that you got to see through Scripture. I remember when one of my kids was younger, he just had a little tendency to be a little bit of a melancholy spirit. And I remember at the beginning of summer praying some scriptures about joy for him. 
And I wrote them in my journal and, you know, I wrote the verses down there, just asking the Lord for joy for my son. And it was so neat because months later, it might even been a year, I was flipping back in that journal and I was seeing where I had written those prayers and the things I had been praying about. And I thought, and I thought about my my kiddo and I was like, man, the Lord has totally answered that prayer. And it was even at the moment, it was, it was kind of hard for me to even remember when he wasn't like just a joy-filled kid. And that's the work of the Lord, particularly when you're praying those things that are not something that you as a person can get your hands around for somebody. If you're praying for an attitude shift or something like that, that's that's the Lord that's got to do that work in there. And that can be hard for us as people to let that go and stop with our promptings and whatever things that, you know, our little pep talks and that kind of stuff and just be praying about that stuff. There's a couple books that I really like. They're short books, and they're just topical, and they have different ones on. I actually, I think I talked about this in episode one on it. It's like you can, it's praying God's word for your husband. There's praying God's word for yourself. There's praying God's word for your adult children, and then it also has them for your daughter, all of these. And it's nice how it does it because you can you see these scriptures and it goes through each chapter will have a different area, maybe something they're struggling with, and it'll have a whole host of scriptures there. And then it sort of kind of tailors a prayer of how you could be praying those words for that person or yourself or whoever it is that you're you're praying scripture for. And to me, those have just been, I think, not only the most rich times like personally in the moment praying, but the ones that I look back on and when you see the faithfulness of the Lord and how he's answered those prayers, it's truly just amazing because you know there's no way you could have done that. You can't manipulate that. There was nothing I could have done. And when you see the outcome that the Lord produces through that, there's just such great fruit in that. And I I just love it. Another example I want to give you is one that my dad had. So he had this leather journal that we actually, honestly, I don't think any of us while he was alive really paid attention to this separate journal he had. And it wasn't until after he, we, dad was always like a very faithful journaler. And so after he died, you know, we were looking through some of his journals and every day he was praying individual for, for people. And then there'd be next to some, there'd be a person's name written there. And then there would be like these little letters. We're like, what is this? You know, and sometimes it would be a word like blessing, but then other times it would just be an M with a circle around it. And another time it might be an S. Sometimes they were far more complicated. They would be like W2, D3, C, A, you know, all of these crazy letters. And again, it was like, what was he doing with all of this letter? So the journal he had, he would have the person's name and then he would have all of these letters written next to it. So then after he passed away, we were looking through his other journals and we found this other leather book that he kept with his journal. And we as a family now affectionately call it the key. And what it was is kind of later in my dad's life, I would say the last couple years of his life, he really took this idea of praying scripture and he just ran with it. He wanted to do this and really implement this in his walk in a big way. And so this journal was filled with basically what all of those letters what they meant. So for an example, when he would put the word home next to a person's name that he was praying, he would write home, he'd put a box around it. And then in the key, you'd come over there and you'd find all these scriptures about home. 
And he would turn and he would find verses about home that he would want to pray for someone. So if, you know, for his own home, you know, he'd be praying 1 Corinthians 13, 4, you know, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. And he would be praying those and kind of under that category. So he was sort of making his own book in this, like I've mentioned to you before, but it was just obviously very personal to him. But it was so impactful for us as a family to go back and see how he was praying scripture. If he had an M with a box around it, that was he was praying for somebody's marriage. If you go to the part in the key that has all the marriage passages, there's verse after verse of things regarding marriage. First Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And there were so many of these. One of my favorites that he had, he has one in here called P3, like P with an exponent three at the top. And that one stood for God's protection, power, and presence. And this one was a cool one. I just loved this one because my brother is a police officer, and he never failed to put my brother's name and then P1 next to it, meaning that was the protection part of his P3, protection, power, and presence. And he did this, you know, with friends and different people that he was praying. And then again, you turn to that P3 section of the key, and there's all these verses written there on verses he would pray for that. And you can take this however far you want to go. He had a real big section in his on repentance and praying for our country and scriptures relating to repentance of the nation and that kind of stuff. And for us, obviously, as a fam, it's, oh, man, it's so rich and we love this journal. But it's been really instructive to me in my own walk because I think particularly when you see somebody else who's put that sort of discipline into action and to see the level in which they're committed to it, the level to which they want to just take, I guess, scripture seriously, but then also prayer seriously, knowing that prayer is important, that it draws us near to the Lord, that it's a moment that we get to, whatever it is that we're praying about, whatever the situation is, we get to sit there with the Lord who made us, the only one that can actually change the situation that we're in and bring those things to the Lord. And Praying scripture has just been something that I think, like it said before, the words of the Lord are flawless. So you don't really have to worry about saying the wrong thing. Not that I think that the Lord, again, I don't think he's grading us or he's going to be mad at us if we somehow pray with a wrong thing. But praying scripture can be so helpful. And then it can also just helping us put those verses into memory. So that might be something you want to try. Maybe you want to get a journal of your own and find some things that you want to be praying about and then kind of make a little study that you can do it. Now, when when dad did his, he would always leave lots of pages blank in between it. So another one he had is he has stand. You know, that was his word for wanting to pray for Christians to be bold. And he prayed that a lot for his grandkids and like the Ephesians 5 verses of the armor of God are in there and that kind of stuff. But he would, you know, he'd leave a couple pages blank because it was sort of, it was a growing thing. It's not like you're going to sit down in one sitting with your extra prayer journal and just kind of bust all of these out. It's sort of something that you'll probably just add to and it will just grow. But it'd be fun to get a journal now and get something extra and have some things that you want to pray for people in your life. And then just kind of make a list. And like I said, in this one, he never put any names of people in that particular one. This was just scripture. But I 
think the reminder for me, of course, I just got to see a very practical model of what that looks like. And so I do that now. I've just gone ahead and adopted his own keys and stuff. I haven't actually made up my own letters yet with different things. Maybe eventually I'll get there. But there's so many scriptures that we can pray, that we can seek the Lord for asking the Spirit to intervene. The Spirit speaks through the Word. I'm so thankful for how the Lord speaks through His Word that way. We don't have to worry about our own words, the things we say that are, aren't right, the things that we might get right, but we can count on the Lord and His Word for getting us to the heart of what the Lord has for us. And, and in so doing, like a, a doing that act of aligning our will to His and not being just all about what we want for us. I think that's so important. One last scripture I want to touch on is in Philippians 4, because I just, I love this one so much. And in Philippians 4, 6, it reminds us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus couple elements in this verse that I think is so important, particularly, I mean, for any day, right? But we are living in extremely anxious times right now. And just the exiting a global pandemic alone has been an anxious and anxiety-ridden time for sure. But then just to see the unrest and the, the ugliness of evil in our world and all of those things can set you on edge and you can be anxious about those things. But I love the finality, the clearness of scripture. And you see in this verse, do not be anxious about anything. I mean, anything. It's not, it, there's, it's not leaving anything open that there's something that we're supposed to be worrying about. But in every situation, what do we do with it? By prayer and petition. It's what we've been talking about the last half hour here. Everything by prayer and petition. And then it reminds us to do so with thanksgiving. And like I said earlier, it can be the part of prayer that you almost glaze over. Maybe you're not coming from an attitude of thanksgiving. Maybe you're not adding that element of praising the Lord for who He is. And that's just so important to do. I think earlier when we talked about the praise piece, it so helps me just to acknowledge that He is God and I'm not. And regardless of all of these situations that are going on around us that I just don't understand sometimes that you could want to get anxious in, even that alone, that act of placing that trust putting your just your praise to the Lord who is so worthy of that is helpful to just have the correct posture, I think, in prayer. But it's reminding us here, too, that with thanksgiving, being thankful, and it says that when we have those things, when we are praying and we're bringing our petitions to the Lord with thanksgiving, that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's where we want to be. We do want this peace of God that transcends all this. I mean, it just, none of this makes sense, right? There are so many things around us that absolutely we never either thought we'd see in our world or we are just confusing and scary. But it's just this sweet reminder by prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, and we'll have that peace. And we get that peace as believers in Jesus. You know, the world does not have this peace, and that should break our hearts. And we need to be praying for those that don't have this peace, and we need to be calling people and just inviting them into this peace and showing them how they can have this peace. But this is where true peace is. So I just wanted to wrap that up with this reminder of 
because I think Philippians 4 just puts that so well, just kind of sums it up. Continue to be praying. Don't be anxious about anything that you're seeing going on around you. But with thanksgiving, bring our petitions to the Lord. So may we all just be in prayer. Carve out more time. Man, the verses we've read, pray without ceasing. Pray when you're driving. Pray when you're doing dishes. Pray when you're folding laundry. Pray in between meetings, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, even if it's just a prayer of thanksgiving. How powerful, how great would that be in your day? And then, you know, maybe there's some stuff in here you want to try. Maybe you want to do get an extra journal and start your own kind of prayer key and praying scripture for friends. I guarantee you it is such, it's just such a powerful practice. It's so rewarding. I've just found it to be so rewarding in my own life. So I hope that helps you guys out. So for wherever you're at, I am praying for you guys. I'm praying for our country. And we will see you next time here on The Devoted Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at avcreek.com.